Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode eight of Walk On Radio. Oh, voice you haven't heard before in a couple weeks. It's me. I'm back. Don Meyer. I missed last week. I'm so sorry. Humphreys, how you feeling? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited uh, to uh, get the show back rolling. We we took a little bit of a break to kind of prepare for the college and NFL season. Uh, our episode today is going to kind of kind of be the norm for the next couple months as far as as far as when we post it, uh, what we talk about, picking games, you know, all, all that shabazz. Yeah, we were a little worried about whether we were going to get some football or not, whether it was going to be all spring or not. We've talked about it in past episodes, but finally, football is here. We got our very first game of the year, Central Arkansas versus Austin P University. UCA ended up winning the game. So Humphreys, tell me about the game. How'd you feel? It was a little rusty at first, but, you know, did... How did this COVID offseason, do you think, affected both teams? Well, it was definitely evident that, uh, you know, the two teams had been off uh, as far as, you know, live live game uh, scenarios go because uh, the first half was was pretty pretty messy. Uh, I thought Braylon Smith, the uh, UCA quarterback, who who I think is, is arguably the best quarterback in the Southland Conference, I thought his first half – was about as bad as I've ever seen him play, uh, and, and you know I don't that that's no knock on him. I really think that that's just truly how long we've been out. But second half he looked better. Obviously led the uh, led the Bears to uh, to a win late in that game. If you watched it, it uh, came down in the last thirty seconds. Uh, I thought Austin P. You know the first play of the game had a seventy five yard scamper to the end zone. Uh, but yeah, I think. I think it was a fun game to watch. Obviously, I'm happy to have college football back, but uh, I think I think they look messy, and I think think that's a direct result of you know kind of just having a lot of downtime in the last couple months. Yeah, I think Austin P kind of let Central Arkansas stay in the game for way too long. They had the game in the beginning. Special teams really special killed. Special teams yeah. kills the, the the long snapper. Apparently, uh, the long snapper didn't make the trip because of COVID. Not I don't think he had it, but I think he came in contact, and so. Uh, they had their backup long snapper, and that did not work. Yeah, they had, what, three muff punts, yep. one that he couldn't recover. So, I mean, that, that'll change the game completely. And I do agree with you. All eyes were on Braylon Smith, the quarterback. I, it was kind of his little time to shine. He did a, had a great year last year, comes in this game, struggles in the first half, but I think his second half he improved. UCA's running game was something that, you know, you see all that you saw, we saw last year a lot, being that we're in the Southland Conference as well. And they just exploded on the run game and kind of saved Braylon Smith where he can kind of come in and then do what he needs to do, make some good throws, make some good catches, and then in the clutch when he needs it to finally have the big plays. And I think you can agree that that's kind of how UCA has won these last couple of years, especially last year. A lot of their games were close, and they were 5-0 and in close games. So, you know, they definitely had a clutch factor. How did you think Austin P did? Yeah, I, I like the quarterback. I thought that, uh, I thought that he really played his heart out, um, you know, Again, looked rusty just like Braylon Smith did, but I thought thought they were athletic. Their skill players were huge. They had some huge. Uh, I I saw where they had a running back transfer from uh, Ohio State, and he was gigantic. Yeah, they they had that running back who was doing really well, but it seems like they couldn't get down that couldn't get the third down conversion. It, they had the quarterback punting for them doing the the punts. You know, UCA's defense just stuck it out, and they they put their nose to the grindstone and figured it out. And I want to give a shout out, and I y'all probably saw it on Twitter. Jake Short, UCA's tight end. Yeah. And you know, I'm a big tight end guy. He had the neck roll. First of all, great. Completely runs over the heater, 
and then a couple plays later runs the dude over. Yeah, I think it was really the long hair uh, that, that did it for him, but yeah. uh, the neck roll prevailed uh, in, in those situations. Long hair, long beard, neck roll. Shout out to Jake Short. What a dude. He was on Barstool, which yeah. is, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's, that's pretty peak uh, social media fandom right there. Yeah, so UCA, they play UAB next, right? Uh, do you think they're going to perform better? Do you think having that first game in is going to, going to affect the rest of their season? Yeah, I mean, again, any live setting uh, is, is better than no live setting. And so with, with UCA having a game under their belt and it being UAB's first game of the season, you know, you, you it, who knows what's going to happen. Uh, I do know that it is tough to turn around from a Saturday game to play on Thursday. Uh, and so, you know, if they have any banged up people, um, you know, I mean, that's going to be tough to, to recover and play. Yeah, and... Uh... Even after that game, in a couple of weeks, they're going to have North Dakota State University, which is the big dog of the FCS. So they have a really tough schedule. But because they're doing this fall schedule, that does kick them out of spring. So now for the South of the Conference, for us, we don't have to play UCA. How big do you think that will change uh, the South of the Conference and all the teams competing? Now, I, 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 I want to first say that, you know, in no way do I want to win a conference championship uh and not play the best teams uh but on another note we didn't ask them not to play and so i think with uca out of the way uh not gonna play in the spring uh you know that's obviously one of the toughest teams on our schedule and so i, I think that sam houston is probably the favorites uh going into the spring with, with uca out of the picture you know nichols is talented uh i would assume we would probably play southeastern Louisiana in their place. Uh, typically, they're not on our schedule, but I would assume that we'd probably play them uh, to to take take the UCA spot. And so, you know, I think that they're talented, but you know, definitely definitely the favorites going into the spring. Uh, and with with all the playoff talks that they've been having, uh, I think there's a really good chance that Sam Houston could be the Southland Conference automatic qualifier for the spring. Yeah, and uh, if you look on Twitter recently, as of today. They've been kind of coming up with new ideas for the bracket and what they're going to do for the playoffs. So, Humphreys, talk to me about what their idea is right now, and do you think it could work out? And do you think they could change it to that be permanent? Well, I, you know, I don't think uh, I don't think FCS in the spring is a permanent deal. Uh, college football is meant for the fall, but what I do want to talk about is a couple positives uh, for the FCS level as far as exposure goes uh, in the spring. So. What I do know is that if we do, in fact, have a spring season, um, we'll, we'll be some of the biggest football around uh, that's on. And I know as far as down south goes, Sam Houston State will be probably the biggest team in Texas playing. And so if we're able to have fans at the games by then, Lord, I hope we do, because that's a long time from now. And I'm kind of getting tired of all this COVID stuff. But, you know, you, you, you're going to get Texas fans. You're going to get A&M fans all that, that love college football and want to watch want to watch people play, well, Sam Houston is going to kind of be in the limelight in that sense. And so that excites me, you know, definitely going to get some opportunity to play some big TV games. Uh, all of a sudden, you know, Sam Houston versus Nichols is college game day, stuff like that. And how do you feel? Because I know they were talking about a, a 12-team ga- bracket for the playoffs. Uh, talk to me through what they've pitched, and do you like it, do you not like it? So I've seen 12 mentioned, and I've seen 16 mentioned. Um, uh, the, the, big, the big 
what if is are we going to give is the FCS going to give the 10 normal automatic qualifiers uh and so if you have a 12 team playoff and you give 10 automatic qualifiers that means that there's only going to be two at larges and you know for the southland conference that doesn't really affect it much but if i'm a if i'm a big sky team if i'm a missouri valley team uh i'm i'm pissed because you know that that really leaves a chance to finish in the top 10 in the nation but because you didn't win your conference, you don't you don't make the playoffs. Because I know the Missouri Valley last year accounted for five of the playoff teams in a twenty four playoff team field. I mean, you've got Illinois State, Northern Iowa, teams teams behind North Dakota State, um, and you know you got to assume that North Dakota State's going to win it. But if you don't win conference, you, you're really it, it's a stretch to make the playoffs in a twelve team field. Now in if we're going to cut it uh, from 24, the normal playoff field, I think 16 is a good number because six, six at-larges I think is fair. Uh, if, you're, if, you're not, if you're not one of the six best teams after the conference champions, I, I mean, there's not really much you can say as far as not making the playoffs. Now, you mentioned North Dakota State, and they're having their one game in the fall, and it's, they're kind of making it as a Trey Lance showcase against Seems Central Arkansas. Yep. Do you see Trey playing in the spring, and do you think that will affect North Dakota State University? Uh, I absolutely do not see him playing in the spring. I think that this one game is is legitimately one game to get to get some more college film uh, for for him as well as a couple other North Dakota State players. And so, yes, North Dakota State is going to be a a powerhouse in the spring, whoever they have on their team. But to chalk them up as the absolute 100% national champion favorites is a little tougher for me. Um, You know, great team. I know that their program is one of the best in the nation, but when you lose a guy that is a top 10 NFL pick, uh, you're, you're, you know, he just won the FCS level Heisman, the Walter Payton trophy. Last year, he won the Jerry Rice award, which is national freshman player of the year. When you lose a guy like that, it's going to change your team. And so, I think we see a new North Dakota State. I think, think this is this is a great chance to to kind of open up a door for the Northern Iowa's, the James Madisons, the the Weber States, the Sam Houston States. I mean, you know, the door is open for for teams like that to make a run into the playoffs. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see. You know, with all the teams playing in the fall that may not be eligible in the spring for the championship it'll be interesting to see how many teams make it what new teams will be in and what new teams or old teams will be out so moving on we're going to talk about our previews and predictions for the games that are coming up on saturday we finally have a full slot of football coming up so for our very very first game i want to do is army versus middle tennessee now you probably never heard of middle tennessee but you've heard of army so humphreys talk to me about it what do you think is going to happen so first, before I talk about it, this is kind of, you know, we're going to pick our games of the week, uh, and there's a smaller slate of college games, so we're going to kind of talk about these, and then me and Dalton are going to give our picks. Uh, we'll post them on Twitter as well and kind of keep a, a season total, uh, and at the end of the year for football, we'll crown a winner. Probably going to be me, uh, but... Hot take. But, you know, so it'll be kind of, you know, what you see on game day uh, with, with with the picks, and uh, we'll... we'll We'll do it that way. But, yeah, Middle Tennessee at Army. Um, 
I would say that Army and Navy and Air Force being on military bases are probably the the least likely COVID teams in the nation, I would say. Uh, but you know, Middle Tennessee, you know, I, I I don't I don't see them playing with Army. Uh first game of the season. Again, who knows what Middle Tennessee's summer program has looked like. Because of all this, I can assure you that Army's has been fine because uh, they, they're pretty much always in a bubble. Uh, and so I don't, I don't really think there's much of a worry there. So as far as player personnel goes, Army is definitely not going to have any threats. Uh, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Army in this one. Yeah, so this, this matchup is going to be a run first for both sides. Uh, Middle Tennessee has one of the better O-lines in Conference USA. And they, their quarterback, Asher O'Hare, can really move. He's a running quarterback. And they have a nice little committee of running backs that can play. The problem with Middle Tennessee is that they replaced seven of their top 12 tacklers that finished last in the USA Oof. in total defense. So they Oof. do not have a very good defense. Their pass defense is worse than their rush defense. Now, Army isn't going to pass the ball a lot. But they can have two or three big plays that can go for big numbers. And what Army's good at is time of possession. Last season, they had an average of 33 minutes a game. And if you haven't played football, time of possession is very important on offense. It kills momentum for the other team, and it drains the defense. And Army is very disciplined. Their rush attack is very powerful. They have a great linebacker core. So I'm going Army as well. I, I said power run game. Army is more disciplined. So I, I'm going to go with Army. Dalton, I'm seeing here, so Middle Tennessee in 2019 – uh, went four and eight, uh, which you know that's not great. But what's even more interesting is that at home they were four and two, and on the road, which they're traveling to Army this this week this year, they were zero and six. So maybe you know maybe not a road team. Uh, that's definitely not a positive going into a week one road game, uh, especially with a, with a year like this. It's been a long time since they played football, and so definitely for me can chalk chalk this one up for an Army win. Yeah, and, and like I said, with with COVID and this being the first week, kind of not having an off season, it's going to be who is more disciplined. And like you said, the military is a military. Army has always been known for being a very disciplined team, along with Navy and Air Force. So I just think the better the better coach team will win, and that's going to be Army. Uh, so moving on next, we're going to go with BYU versus Navy, keeping in the military style. So BYU versus Navy. Navy was a top. Top twenty five. They were they were ranked. They finished yeah. off ranked. They they always they. It seems like always at that last game of the year, that last ranking, they're that twenty three, twenty four, twenty five team. Yeah. the The problem with Navy though is they're losing their quarterback, who had four thousand rush yards. So that's going to be big time. Can they find a guy to replace uh, the man that played quarterback? They went from three and ten to eleven and two. Their option offense has always been powerful. Talk about discipline. Navy is very disciplined. You have to be dis- disciplined doing an option offense. They have really high expectations. BYU, they haven't had a they're in a quarterback battle right now. They have two quarterbacks, a true freshman and a returner that are gonna play, but they've lost all three of their top receivers, and they lost 14 out of 16 of their top tacklers. So they're kind of a fresh team, and a fresh team without an offseason is gonna be rough because they didn't get the spring ball or the training camp to kind of train and get themselves ready. So I'm gonna go with the the better team that had a better season last year, and I'm going with Navy. Yeah, and uh, Dalton, this game's on Monday. It's gonna be a Labor Day special, kind of, kind of prime time ESPN action. Uh, BYU is definitely kind of one of those teams that you know really underperforms as a whole, but they'll take down a ranked team or two every once in a while. But I'm gonna take Navy in this one, and and I here here's the reason why. I agree with everything you're saying. 
But I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about something else. Navy ended. They were eleven and two last year, which is a great record. But Navy ended the season beating SMU, who had one of the best years they've had in a very long time. They beat Houston, who was down last year, but in the last ten years, Houston has has had a good football program. Beat Army, um, and no matter what Army does, Army Navy game is always uh, is always a big time game. So that's a big win. And then in the bowl game, in a, in the AutoZone Liberty Bowl, they beat Big Twelve foe Kansas State. And it, I mean, you know, I, I, anybody in the Big Twelve, anybody in any, in any Power Five conference, beating them is is a big deal. And so, definitely have momentum coming off of last year. Like I said, in the military academy, they're in a bubble already, so I assume that they had a full summer uh, to to work out, had their players on campus, and so for that, I think Navy takes this one over BYU. Yeah, and and it'll be interesting to see how their new quarterback can adjust and if he can be the same that they were. But with the option offense, I think he'll be just fine. Uh, Sticking with teams that were very successful last season, we're going to go Memphis versus Arkansas State. Now, Memphis, they lose their head coach. Coach Norville goes to Florida State University, so their offensive line coach, Ryan Silverfield, is now the new head coach. What do you think about this game? Man, I think that uh, so Arkansas State is going to travel to Memphis. Uh, I, you know, I really the coaching change is is definitely tough. Uh, that's tough on any college football program, but Memphis is too good. Uh, I think Memphis has a recipe to win their conference this year. Uh, I, you know, Arkansas State showed promise last year, but I, I don't see don't see them beating Memphis here. Um, you know. Arkansas State, I actually know one of their quarterbacks. I played against them in high school. Uh, I think they're an up-and-coming program. That coach is actually a uh, – he, he's got some Sam Houston ties. Um, and and so, you know, that's cool for us. But I'm definitely going to go Memphis in this one. Yeah, I'm going Memphis too. And I'll give you two people why. They're bringing back Brady White from Memphis. Threw for 4,000 yards, 33 touchdowns. And then they have DeMonte Cox, who had 76 uh, catches for 1,276 yards and nine touchdowns, and they're returning three offensive linemen. We talked about in our previews before how important bringing back linemen are for a, an offensive lineman core. It is very important having those veterans in the game. So the offense is going to be strong. Their, their offensive line coach is the head coach, so I could see a, a really strong running game. But with Brady White, I think they're going to be just fine. Um, Arkansas State's got a quarterback that is finally moving into a full-time role as the starter. He comes in when the uh, quarterback gets hurt, Logan Bonner. He's now the guy, so it'll be fun to see him play. And then they have Jonathan Adams, who is on a watch list for the Blinkoff Award. So, you know, they're, like like Holmes said, up-and-coming up team, but Memphis is already here. I think Memphis is going to destroy them. So I'm going Memphis. Yeah, I don't think it's a close one either, actually. Yeah, not even. Uh, I actually just remember I played uh, against uh, one of Memphis's up-and-coming receivers, uh, Taj Washington, out of Marshall, Texas. Be on the lookout for him. He's a stud. So next teams we're going for is South Alabama versus Southern Mississippi. Two small-time teams, but it could end up being a good game. What do you think, Holmes? Yeah, uh, you know, I'd be lying if I said I knew a lot about these teams, but I'm taking... The Brett Favre alma mater, Southern Mississippi. Uh, we just got the running back coach, uh, the former running back coach from Southern Mississippi. Shout out Coach Buck. I love Coach Buck. I think he's a super stand-up guy. Um, and, and I I take Southern Miss in this one. Don't think South Alabama is that good. They, uh, they struggled in 2019. And so for that, I'm taking the home squad, taking the Golden Eagles, Southern Mississippi. 
So I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little little hot take action here. I'm gonna go ahead and go the underdog, Southern oh, Alabama. Okay. You know, I, is that I, our first difference in pick'em? It is our first difference. Okay, so so we're not gonna tie, is what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. I, I do like Southern Alabama, and I think they could come out with some juice. You know, they had a bad season last year, and I think they're gonna be ready to go. And it'll be interesting to see how they play, but I'm gonna go with the upset, the underdogs here. First difference of the day, I like Southern Alabama. There you go. Uh, believe it or not, I actually played against an offensive lineman from Southern Myth really? to Marshall, Texas. So <laughs> shows, shows how good Marshall was. Shout out Marshall, uh, yeah, Texas. Shout out Marshall, Texas. So the next one, and this one is is this one's gonna be tough for me because I hate talking about these guys. But we're gonna go Stephen F. Austin versus UTEB, University of Texas at El Paso. Now, before I go, Humph, tell me who you think is going to win. Yeah, well, you know, I'm going to I'm going to be careful with my words, but uh I'm definitely taking UTEP in this one. Uh you know, there's really no way to beat around the bush. UTEP sucked last year. Uh there's there's no doubt about it. They suck. Uh but I I'm taking the FBS school here. Uh it's, you know, SFA says they're playing a full fall schedule. Uh, eliminating them for spring competition. Uh, let's talk about that for a second. I want to. I want to backtrack before we get in our picks. Give me your thoughts on it. We'll, we won't talk about all the FCS schools. We'll talk about the FCS schools that we know. The two that said, you know, they're not playing in the spring. They're playing fall season only. Give me. Give me your opinion on on UCA's decision, and give me your opinion on SFA's decision to forego a spring season. Well, I think for SFA situation, I feel like it's more they're doing it more to try to get that postseason ban out of the picture. You might as well do it now while the playoffs don't matter in the fall. Get it out the way, and then you're going to be eligible for for next year. You get some good games, get some practice in. Now, UCA's decision was very surprising to me because you know, I would you would figure as a as a player that you would want to go and go f- play for a championship. But, I mean, it does give a good opportunity to play teams you'll probably never play again. It gives UCA a chance to play in the fall and, and train and be prepared for the next for the next fall. And also, playing in the spring isn't 100% yet. You know, we, we don't know what COVID is going to do, if the numbers change, if the cases get worse. We might not even be playing in the spring. So getting it out of the way in the fall. And UCA has pretty much a full schedule. They have they've figured it out completely. SFA, I think they're still picking and choosing. I think they have what five games right now yeah. yeah so being able to do it with the chance that spring might not even happen it's kind of good now for the players i as if i was a player for uca i don't know how i would feel about it because you're missing out on a chance to play for a championship in the spring but if i'm sfa i get it you know your postseason band you you have no reason to play a conference schedule in the spring might as well have fun and pick some fun schools to play at in the fall yeah, I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. And uh, recently we just found out that regardless of how many games we play in the fall slash the spring, uh, that we, we do get another full year of eligibility. And so, you know, that definitely changes the outlook on things. Uh, I think I think you hit the nail right on the head uh, why SFA is playing a fall schedule kind of to, you know, cover up that – that postseason ban, uh, you know, they can't win conference. Yeah, they can't go to the playoffs. But you know, I, I don't know. I wish, I wish they would present it that way a little bit. Uh, but UCA, on the other hand, I have no idea why they would play in the fall. Um, you know, you can say what you want about a spring season. I truly believe it's going to happen. Um, 
you know, they're making the fall happen. So I don't know why the spring couldn't happen. But if I'm a player for UCA, I'm I, I want to get a ring. And and that's a team that absolutely can win a ring, not a not just a conference championship ring, but a national championship ring. Um, and, and with, with Braylon Smith at the helm, you know that team could go a really long way. And I think they're missing out on a on a, a special type season. You know, I, I really was thinking that the South Conference was going to come down to UCA versus Sam Houston. You know, kind of whoever won that game was was gonna was gonna win a ring that year. And you know, we're not gonna have that until at least next fall. Uh, and so I, I think it was a questionable decision, but you know, it's not mine to make. So Yeah, it is it is really surprising with UCA because like you said, they are, you know, they won the conference last year. They are one of the top in the Southland Conference. I don't know why they would not want to compete for a championship. But you also have to think too, maybe they're thinking ahead because you have to go from a spring season and we don't know what they're gonna do in the fall season. We might go from straight to a spring season right into a fall season. So maybe they're they're planning ahead. Let's play in the fall, get some games in, and then be rested, ready to go for when the next fall season comes around. They're not gonna be they're not gonna have wear and tear like maybe other players are because you know, if we go from straight to a spring season to a fall season, we're probably gonna be a little beat up. Let me ask you this, let me ask you this, let me ask you this. I would argue, and you you tell you might totally disagree with me, but I would argue that six weeks of spring football practice and, and workouts and all the all everything that happens in spring normal spring ball, six weeks of normal spring ball workouts is harder on your body than six game weeks. Well, yes and no, because the way the way they handle spring spring ball and fall season are very different. They kind of do take their time. They're pretty easy with us during the fall than in the spring, but. You know, we're doing a full spring spring season with the games. It's going to be a little different because you don't have game experience in the spring ball. You you have scrimmages, but you know they're either we either touching each other or it's not like it's not full contact. This is going to be full contact for a couple weeks, and then we're, we're we get a couple weeks off, maybe a couple months, and then we're right back into it. It's definitely going to be a lot different. Okay, let me ask you this now. So, in, in my opinion, it really only it, it only the fatigue aspect, the the, the short turnaround aspect, really only affects teams that go deep enough in the playoffs for it to be close. And okay, let me ask you this: If I said, "Hey, Dalton, okay, you get to play for a national championship, but the trade off is you know you're gonna have a pretty pretty short turnaround for the next fall," you taking that? I mean, yeah, of course, absolutely. So I think. Uh, you know, it doesn't affect it doesn't affect the seniors that are leaving. You know, they just want to play. A lot of them, a lot of them are. If they don't have a spring, they're just gonna leave because some people can't just wait around and, and play. You know, forever. Okay, some people have to get jobs. Some people have jobs already. Um, you know, the the true freshmen. Um, if we do have a spring season, it's kind of a you know a little coming out party, if if you will, and and to kind of get them ready for their. I guess now their actual freshman season next fall, now that the eligibility stuff is weird. So, you know, yes, I, I totally agree it's a short turnaround, but I don't think that it's as big of a deal as people are making it. Let me let me bring up this in a little scenario, not saying it could happen. Let's say UCA plays in the spring, they don't have a fall season, they get to deep in the playoffs, Braylon Smith breaks his leg. And then they have to go straight into a fall season now that they have injuries. Injuries is probably another big reason why a lot of teams want to play in the fall because you know, even Sam Houston, we had an injury problem last year that, that changed our season completely. 
So if we have the same injury problems and then we have to go right into a fall season, that's two seasons in a row that we're going to have issues and it could affect what, what we end up getting at the end of the year. So between injuries, fatigue, and the possibility of us not even having a spring, I feel like I'll factor into the decision for the fall. Now, Humps, let me ask you this. How do you feel personally about the extra year of eligibility? Are you excited? Are you, you know, you don't want to be here too long? Like, what's your opinion on having an extra year no matter what? So I think um... – Ooh, man. I, pers- obviously, um, you know, I'm, I'm Mr. Sam Houston. I, I love live, breathe, die Sam Houston. I'll never, you know, turn down another year playing football. But I just want to I want to talk, you know, logistically. So you're telling me you're telling me that Trevor Lawrence, let, let, let's take Clemson. OK, Trevor Lawrence, if he wanted to, could play a full season this fall. OK, win an ass championship with Clemson. And then you go, you know. I'll play another year. What 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 what's it matter? I'll play another year. Okay, so he got his four he got his four four years. Okay, let's take Sam Ellinger for Texas. Okay, he started since he was a true freshman. If he's gonna play this fall, Texas is gonna have a full season. Whatever they they play a bowl game, all that he plays four full seasons, four full seasons, and now he can get a fifth for 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 what they yeah. I the extra year of eligibility thing is great. But I don't know why it's offered to everyone. It should be a, okay, if you only get this amount of games in, you get another year. If, if, we, if, same, if we got to the spring and only played three games, yeah, we should get another year. But if we play a full schedule, I, I don't understand. I really don't. I don't, I don't know why, why, is, why should someone get five full years when, when all of college football eternity it's been four? Yeah, I I personally thought that they were going to go with just seniors getting an extra year because, you know, for example, Isaac Sly, who we had on the show a couple episodes ago, you know, he doesn't get his last year. and He's one of those guys that wants to go to the NFL. He's not going to get that full year. You know, one more game could change who picks him, who doesn't. He doesn't get Piney Woods if he doesn't get an extra year. So I was thinking, okay, maybe seniors will get that extra year, but giving it to everyone, it is kind of crazy. But for people like Sam Ellinger, if he plays another year, there's the risk and then there's the reward. If he plays another year, draft stock goes up. He's not in the same class as Trevor Lawrence now. Maybe he's one of the top five picks. But plays another year, gets hurt, he's going to drop picks. So there's 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 two sides of that. And, I, and I'm not saying he's going to do that. I'm just using him as an example. Uh, but another, uh, you know, what about the guys below him? What about, what about the kids that decided to go to Texas because Sam Ellinger is leaving? Because, you know, I've got a chance to play there. Well, oh, crap. Now that's another year for me, you know, and not even them. What about the high school seniors now? Yeah. Okay. What if no one leaves? Okay. No one leaves. I know that's not realistic, but no one leaves their respective college. Where Where do the high school recruits go? Uh, you know, I know that teams are going to be allotted more scholarships, but money doesn't. <laughs> it still it still costs money for those kids to to go to those schools. I mean, it doesn't just tuition doesn't just vanish. Yeah. You know, it can go from 85 scholarships to 100 or 115, whatever, but it still costs money. Okay. So, uh, you know, I, I think the NCAA had had the right mindset, but I definitely think there's some flaws in, in that decision. Yeah. And even to go with that example, one of the a perfect example for me selfishly is bringing up Isaac Sly again. You know, he was coming in for a one year deal, and I was thinking, okay, you know, he, he comes in one year, so I get a little bit more experience. And then next year he's gone. Now the tight end room is open again. But he gets another year just like all of us, everybody else. And I'll have to wait another year 
uh, trying to get a spot. So it is it does affect the people below these starters. And like you said, scholarship is going to be a big deal. Now let me ask you this, Hunk. Do you think teams are going to have to cut certain seniors or cut players because they don't have enough room for recruits coming out of high school? So, man, without – yeah, I, I, I really don't see any way that – that college football programs won't do that. They might not cut them, quote unquote, but they're they're gonna run them off. You so know? What, so let's say let's say Ryan Humphrey is the head coach of Sam State University. How would you handle it? Would you just recruit less freshmen, or would you have like a like a re tryout? What are you doing as a head coach? Well, you can't. You you almost can't recruit less freshmen because well, what if. What if I have a you know a, a big number of seniors leave and a big number of juniors leave and all of a sudden you know instead of a hundred roster spots I have eighty you know if you, you can't always and, and recruiting is early you can't just can't just decide on signing day we're going to recruit kids you know it, it's a I mean recruiting is going on right now uh, I mean I know I know people have had commits all over the nation at whatever school that that's a right now thing you start recruiting people their sophomore and junior year and you know you get commits their senior year and so I I don't really think that you can recruit less people because what if I mean what if a lot of guys decide to transfer or decide to hang it up you know you have to you still have to have players you know and they don't player getting players isn't an instant thing it's not I mean, it's it's a it's a very long process to get recruits and to get them to come to your school. Yeah, and, and there's also the thing too, you know. And I have a couple of friends that are in this situation where they're going to graduate with what they need, their degree, maybe even their master's. They're going to have what they want. And some people have told me, like, you know, once I graduate, I'm done. Like that's it. You you don't. He doesn't want that extra year. So that brings up the thing where people are going to leave. People might stay. But if you over recruit and then people and if everyone ends up staying. Then you have to go back and tell the recruits, like, what do you tell them? Like, oh, we're going to walk. Hey, sorry, we have to give you less money. Yeah, or like you have to be a walk-on now because, you know, I'm sorry, we didn't know. So it it does bring up a lot of chaos for the coaches and recruiting. It'll be interesting to see how that all works out. Yeah, you talked about the school thing. So obviously I'm I'm in no way doing this, but I can graduate this next spring semester and and be gone, you know, with with – I guess four seasons of eligibility left now that we've given been given one. Uh, you know, obviously not doing that, but there are people that will do something to that nature. People will leave after their sophomore year. People will leave after their junior year. And so you, st- you still have to recruit a freshman class, and I think that that's, that's going to be an interesting deal. Yeah, and it'll definitely come down to coaches. You know, they might bring up a player and be like, you know, you didn't play a lot this year, and, you know, you have an extra year because they gave it to you, but – you know, we don't need you. We have other players, so they might have. To, there might be a deal where they have to make cuts, and it, it'll be a, be a tough situation for coaches in general. So going back to our picks. Yeah, sorry we got off. Uh, we got that, that, off that was my fault, but it, figured, but it needed to be. It needed to be talked about. Yeah. It, it's been going on. We've been gone for for a week or two. Lots have been happening in the in the college football world. So I'm glad that we could we could talk about it. So SFA UTEP. Yeah, now, give me UTEP. SFA is traveling all the way to El Paso. No way. Give me UTEP. Now I said in the beginning that I wasn't going to like what I'm about to say here, but and I shouldn't be cheering on the men in purple, but I am going with the purple school, SFA. They have a really young team. They have a, they had a really good recruiting class, top 10 in, FC, in all of FCS. They, have a, they had a young core last year, Coach Carthel. I think he's changed the culture there. 
I really like them, and I think UTEP is so bad. They won one game. I think SFA yeah, wins. they suck. They suck. I'm going to take UTEP. I think SFA wins. Unfortunately, I have to pick them. If they if they don't if they lose, okay, SFA lost. Cool. If they win, I'm right. But I'm going SFA. That's fine. I'll go six and zero this week in picks and, and get a get a last little lead going. Yeah, right. So finally, the last two schools we have is SMU, Texas State. Texas State have a little culture change. They had a brand new coach. Uh, they have a good offense, passing offense. SMU, Shane Bouchelle, one of the best defenses in the nation. Who do you got? Uh, in nice terms, Dalton, I've got SMU by a hundred. Uh, I think Shane Bouchelle is going to continue off of his, you know, coming out party last season. I think that, that SMU has, has got some, some really talented skill players. You know, they lost, uh, James Prochet. He plays for the Ravens now, but lots of good guys behind him. Uh, I, I've got SMU at Texas State as, as a blowout for, for the ponies. Now, I have SMU as well, but I think it will be a close, very good game. Texas State has a receiving core that struggled last year, but they had a year of growth. I think they're going to come out and be really strong. They have a kind of a brand-new offensive line, but they brought in some new guys. They have, like I said, new coach. Now, SMU, Shane Bouchel. I think people forgot. He held his own at Texas. He's a great player at Texas. He's, Nothing you can do with Sam He's just undermined by the third greatest Texas Longhorn quarterback yeah. of all time. So Shane Bouchelle is a good quarterback. Absolutely. And they have a nice, quick offensive or receiving core. Now, here's where SMU is going to be better. Last year, they led the nation in sacks, and they were third wow. in tackle for losses. Wow. That's big. I, something I didn't even see coming. That SMU. You really only ever hear about their offense. I mean, they've had, you know, Cortland Sutton, James Prochet, Cole Beasley. I mean, good good receivers, good good college receivers. Yeah. Texas State, and this is a, this is another issue for Texas State. They have they don't have a very good pass rush. So, it gives Bouchelle the time to sit up in the pocket and kind of do what he wants. But just like we saw with UCA Austin P with two good quarterbacks in a throwing battle, both struggled because they didn't get the time to work with their offense. They didn't have that the offseason they needed. So I think it might start off rough for both sides. I think there's going to be a lot of third uh, three and outs because they both run the ball or throw the ball so well. But because SMU has a superior defense, I'm giving it to SMU in a close one, in a close one. But it's going to be a high-scoring battle. Okay with that. I, I, I definitely agree with the high-scoring battle. I think SF, or SFA, excuse me. SMU pulls away in, in the second half. You know, Shane Bouchelle, he's a stud. They're going to be slinging it around. I'll take, I'll take SMU by a couple touchdowns for sure. So next up, because of everything going on in the Big Ten announcing that they're done for the fall, we wanted to do a redo. And the Pac-12. Don't forget Pac-12 after dark, all right? Well, Pac-12 <laughs> playoffs in a year. Oregon, at, no, Oregon no, hey, no, hey, no, hey. No, no, no. Don't no, no. no. sleep on Oregon, all right? That is a hot take. <laughs> but did you hear the news about Big Ten maybe starting in October? Yeah. I, 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 Does that affect? Do you think they'll they'll connect together with? Oh, yeah. They, yeah. If they're, if they're back, they're back for sure. You know, they're not coming back for, for funsies. If they're back, they will be in playoff contention. But – they're not. They're not so yet. So we're gonna we're gonna do our thing. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna redo our four playoffs teams. Uh, we had them originally. We both had Ohio State, so that kind of changes everything. Yep. Uh, so give me. Let's start. You want to go four three two one like we did last time? We we'll go four three two one. Yep. So I have a crazy one. You're you're not gonna like it. Okay. But give me your four. No, your right, number so, four. Okay. So my number four. Um, 
And I don't, uh, I don't remember having this team in my original. No, I didn't. No, I definitely did not. I definitely did not. So this is a new number four for me. I am going to put the team that will finish second in the SEC. They will lose to a certain someone in the SEC championship, a team to be named later. They will lose to them in the SEC championship, but still have a good – it probably be their only loss of the season, as a matter of fact. But they will have a good enough year led by your favorite quarterback, Dalton. Mm. I know you love oh, this guy. This I know guy. you love this guy. Jamie Newman. Jamie Newman will lead Georgia – to be the fourth seed in the college football playoffs. Now, this is where you're wrong. <laughs> because Jamie Newman will not be the starting quarterback. Dude, get out of here with your Georgia JT Bulldogs. Daniels. JT whatever. Daniels, baby. I don't even know who that is. Why is he eligible you, you to play? Know who I'm he tired is. of the, tra- the transfer rules. If y'all remember in our college football preview, I was a big Wake Forest fan ah. for no reason. I don't know why I'm a Wake Forest fan. I just am. So, so I watched, you should know that Jamie Newman is a good football player. And I've seen him struggle. Oh my. He played for Wake He's Forest. He's not even the He's in Georgia now. He's not even the. He wasn't even the best quarterback at Wake Forest. Oh my! Sam Hartman God. was. I mean, who is that? Stop. If you watch Georgia, he Georgia won. and Wake Forest is is men amongst little boys. Okay. But when's the last time you heard Georgia the passing team? They're a run it, first team, and I'm sure they have a great staple of running backs to be led by Sir Jamie Newman, JT Daniels. Now, okay. nothing against. I think JT Daniels is going to have a great. Who's your fourth pick? I'm tired of hearing about JT Daniels. Are right, you ready for this? Uh, let's hear it. It's my gonna, fourth pick. You're about to say like Notre Dame or some weird stuff. No, I. So a lot of if you haven't been looking on social media, everybody. Notre Dame has been the number three. That, that is no insane. No, but this is this. Hear me out. Notre Dame will be in the ACC championship. Yeah. Okay. Clemson. I. I mean, whatever. They they could slip into the number four spot. They're not even the second best team in the ACC, in my opinion. I think I. Honestly, I North Carolina is about to turn some heads. I'm love just telling North you. Carolina. We so, both hey, love North Mac Carolina. Mac Brown and Sam Howe. Come on now, baby. Hey, North Carolina's coming. They're not going to do it. But they're coming. I love me some Mac Brown. But no, it this might be a more hot take than Notre Dame. Because wow. this will be the team that finishes second in the SEC, led by Kyle Trask. Okay. The okay. Florida Gators okay. will be the number four okay. in the playoffs. I love Kyle Trask. Okay. They have Kyle, they have Pitts, the tight end. They have a good receiving core. They have a great defense. I like Florida. They finally got a quarterback they can rely on. I think Florida is going to come around. And they're not going to win the national championship. I don't think they'll even win the game in the playoffs. But they're going to be there. I don't like Georgia. I don't like Jamie Newman. He won't even be playing. He won't even be a thought later. And when he's not the starting quarterback, I'll be very happy. I, I'm I'm okay with the Florida pick. Really, I think that I think I was I think, surprised. I thought you were going to. No, nah, I think like Kyle it. Trask. The more I've looked at it, the more I've I've really studied it. He he could be the best quarterback in the SEC this season. Tell yeah. the truth. So I think we both have the same number three. Yeah. I yeah. originally had them four, but I bumped them up one because Ohio State's gone. Who's your number Come three? Come on, baby. Tell me who You it is. know who it is. Uh let me just let me just let me just say like three words, okay? Hook 'em horns, Ooh, baby. Come on now. Yeah. The Texas Longhorns take down Oklahoma in the regular season, okay? They take them down. For the Big 12 Championship, I'm not a Spencer Rattler believer. If you listen to our college football preview episode, you'd know that. Sam Ellinger is coming for blood, and it's time that the nation bleeds orange. Yeah, just announced today 
Spencer Rattler is a starting quarterback. So that's official. No surprise. But it's running. He it's finally Spencer Rattler season. I don't like him. I don't like him at all. I think he he had a good high school career, but I don't think he can do it in the big leagues. I'll throw more college touchdowns. Let's just remember, <laughs> let's just remember that. Oh yeah, you're let's big. Just, you're let's, big Sam ooh, let's just remember that. He's a Heisman candidate. I don't know why I haven't heard my name, but bro, you know who else is a Heisman candidate? And I don't know if you saw that too. Miles Brennan, LSU okay, quarterback, is okay. the third in the Heisman running. <laughs> I don't know about all that. The That's disrespect quite the that Sam Ellinger. Bro, gets. no one, bro. He is a Heisman. Justin Fields is out, okay? If they don't play, he's out. Yeah. So you've got to me in my opinion, you got Trevor Lawrence who's head and shoulders above everyone else, right under him, or not right under him, but somewhere under him, Sam Ellinger for sure. Yeah, he he, he comes back for his fourth year. He's been playing all his freaking life. He is the Texas Longhorns. He's up there with Colt McCoy and Vince Young as the iconic Texas quarterback. Absolutely. They finally have a good receiving core. Tyreek uh, Tyreek Black from Michigan is here. They have a good defense. I think this is finally it. But like we talked about, it all depends if Texas can win those little games that never matter. The Big 12 is always competing with each other. <laughs> TCU, Kansas State, they always come in and ruin it for Texas. <laughs> and Baylor, <laughs> Baylor's still Baylor's still there. I'm big on Baylor. You're not. I think Baylor still has a good I'm season. I'm big on TCU. I think TCU is going to mess some mess some teams up this year. But Texas, need this needs to be the season because, you know, honestly, with Sam Ellinger leaving, I don't know if Texas is going to be the same. Now, does he play this next year like hey, we talked about? Hey, he, might, he just might play hey, another year. I don't think he does, but one guy that we haven't talked about, it's been a while since we've talked Texas football, but Texas did just land the number one recruit, not number one quarterback recruit, number one nation recruit out of South Lake Carroll. He's at, uh, and this is just what I heard, but I heard that he is the best recruit that Texas Longhorns have nabbed at the quarterback position since Mr. Vince Young. And that turned out pretty well. That's big time. That, that big time. turned out pretty well. And also, another quarterback, I don't know if he'll go to Texas, but he's on their radar. He's already been offered Arch Manning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The stud. Yeah. yeah. The, the prodig- prodigal son. with the Manning name yeah. is definitely worth the look. I'll tell you that. So, Texas looks good. Jordan Whittington is coming back. Oh, who, who player we both think oh, is baby. very important. Keontae Ingram, love him. Carthage, yeah, Texas. They have, they have a really good, they have a really good uh, not only receiving core, they have a running game, Sam Ellinger. This is Tom Herman's chance. He has to do it. Without Ohio State, I think he can fit in. they got to beat Oklahoma. We think Spencer Rattler is a bust, but you never know. He might surprise us. Lincoln Riley does what he does. But I love Texas. You love Texas. Number three in the playoffs. So who's number two? Like I said, I think we're, I think we both know where we're going with this one. It's yeah, kind of I don't. I don't. There's not much to talk about here. Uh, let's not forget. Let's put some respect on their name. Okay, these are the two blue bloods of college football. Number two, I'm going to go ahead and say my number one. I think we agree on this. But number two, Alabama Crimson Tide, led by Nick Saban. He's pissed from last year. He's coming for blood. I don't know who their starting quarterback's going to be. I don't care who their starting quarterback's going to be. They're better without a big-name quarterback. They've got great receivers. They've got two first-round receivers, actually. They probably have some great running back. Oh, wait, his name's Najee Harris. He's a Heisman guy. They're going to be right in the mix. They're going to run away with the SEC. They're slapping A&M. They're slapping Auburn. They're slapping all of them. LSU, I don't care. They're going undefeated this year before the college football playoffs. Uh, number one, also going undefeated, unscathed. You know, I really, I'm excited to watch Clemson play Notre Dame, but they're slapping them. They're slapping North Carolina whenever they play them. Uh, it, it's honestly, in my opinion, this national championship it's pretty much a Clemson-Alabama type deal. Uh, I know we talked about 
you know, that second SEC team and then that Texas, you know, I, I think Oklahoma's in that category, but we'll, we'll, we'll say Texas and whoever gets second in the SEC, those guys are probably not making it to the national championship. In my opinion, this is, this is, this is a 2020 Clemson Alabama national championship for sure. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see who plays quarterback at Alabama. But like you said, it does not matter because they have such a good uh, team around them. I do think Clemson. I think without Ohio State, it kind of leaves the competition out for Clemson. Um, now, unfortunately, putting Texas at three does mean that Clemson and Texas will play first. Which, unfortunately, I think. No, wait. You have Clemson one or two. I have Clemson one. Yeah, no. So Clemson would play four. Oh, it's they would. One, okay. Yeah, it's one, four, two, three. Okay. So we'd have. Have an Alabama-Texas game, which would be a little 2000, 2010 uh, National Championship rematch. That could be tough. Yeah, it's going to be tough. That's gonna we be tough. can't, you know, I think Clemson, like you said, I, this is Clemson's to lose. But, you know, you can't uh, take away LSU. You can't take away Baylor. You can't take away Auburn. There's still a lot of teams that are in the picture that could surprise a lot of people. Um, but Alabama, Clemson, Texas, and Florida for your boy it, it is my picks now. A lot of people think Clemson will lose to Notre Dame in the regular season and then get stomped in the conference championship. No, no way. I, Notre Dame continuously underperforms. I don't see it going any different this year. Um, yeah, I, Clemson Clemson slaps them for sure. Well, how do you feel about Ian Book? A lot of people have him in the Heisman, kind of lower no. than the other guys, but a lot of people like Ian nope. Book. Nope. Uh, again, Notre Dame underperforms. You know, they're always – they're always in that 8, 9, 10, 11 preseason rank and, you know, finish about 8, 9, 10, or 11 because they don't play anybody. This year, they've got a little bit better competition being in the ACC and not a not an independent school. Uh, but I don't see it going any differently. Clemson runs away with the ACC. Now, if you had to pick one team that would be your sleeper, could surprise, not saying make the playoffs, but could surprise everybody, what team would you pick? Well, I'd go first off. I'd go Texas. I think Texas is really going to surprise some people, but but I'll, I'll keep them out of it. Uh, my sleeper team in the nation. Oh man, ooh, ooh, ooh. a couple. There were a couple sleepers in the Big Ten. Uh, I love Penn State this year, but unfortunately, right now the Big Ten's not playing. So for that, give me the Auburn Tigers. Give me the Auburn Tigers. I love Bo Nix. Thought he had a lot of swagger last year. The dude wants to be. You know, Mr. QB1, he's been an Auburn fan from the beginning. If you've seen the pictures, he's a little boy in the stands at the National Championship hugging on Cam Newton. That's pretty awesome to me. Bo Nix is ready. Auburn's ready. War Eagle. They're going to they're gonna, they're gonna have a good year. Not a big Bo Nix guy. He had kind of a disappointing year last year. But oh, disappointing? Took down Oregon. They had him, they, they had him way higher. He was higher. a true freshman last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, this is my hot take, sleeper team. You picked them. In the NCAA preview, you love them. I didn't have them as high as you did. Oklahoma State, yeah, Cowboys. Yep. That's a pretty pretty stout offense. Do if you I ask do me. I have them making top four? No, but I have them maybe ruining Texas and Oklahoma chances. Chubba Hubbard is still a Heisman uh, running back. They have a great quarterback who can run. They have a good defense. I think they're going to surprise a lot of people. I could absolutely see a little little love triangle in the Big Twelve with with Texas, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State. You know, Texas beats Oklahoma. Oklahoma beats Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State beats Texas. That little action. And Baylor. Don't don't you took take away Baylor's Baylor. Not they, in that category. They still anymore. are a good team. No, nah, they lose. They lose the head coach. Um, they're 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 not in that category anymore. If you ask me. Unfortunately, with the Pac-12 being gone, your boys 
Oregon Ducks, who yeah, weren't even going to make shine. top four. Won't get to shine, baby. Could have been your legacy calling them, but they weren't going to do anything. That's okay. That's okay. They, they're, you know, they've got a lot of NFL projection draft picks. Uh, Penny Sewell supposed to be one of the top picks. Uh, you know, they'll dominate in the spring. I'll, I'll look good there, but no playoffs for Oregon this year unless the Pac-10, you know, pulls a pulls a rabbit out of the hat and, and somehow plays this fall. Yeah, so the final thing we're going to talk about is going to be a little personal for us because we're going to talk about Sam Houston football a little bit. You know, we have been practicing here and there. We've been doing our thing. So, Hump, tell me how this – we've had, we, they've given us one month to kind of practice in helmets and do football stuff. So tell me how it's been. Has it been difficult do, dealing with all this stuff? Just talk to me about it. It's been good, man. Uh, anytime that you can get on the field with uh, with your brothers, your teammates, and uh, practice, it's great. I've enjoyed it. You know, the hardest part is not knowing when we're going to play. Uh, it, it's kind of sad, but, uh, you know, you've got your memories uh, on your photos, you know, year to year when they pop up. Well, yesterday's memory, I was getting ready to play a game in New Mexico. And, and that's it's disappointing because I want to play. I want to play right now. Uh, watching football is great, but it just – in a selfish way, I'm jealous. I, I, you know, I wish we were playing, but I'm staying positive. My teammates are staying positive, and I really think that we're going about it the right way. So whenever we do play, I believe that we will be ready. Yeah, it, it is really nice to have to be able to watch football with everybody again, kind of like when we were kids. But I do want to play football. It's nice to finally practice with our team, with everybody there. We get to see, you know, we had a lot of transfers, a lot of freshmen, had a lot of. Um, that had really good um, chances. So it's going to be nice. It's nice to play with them and see them finally. Um, it's, it's opportunity. You know, they're, they're putting in people that probably didn't get a chance, wouldn't be able to play in the fall. They're getting a chance to go in there and show show what they can do. You know, we have a really good young quarterback that is showing what he can do. So it is really nice to see everybody playing. I do want to play in the fall. I wish we could. But uh, I do enjoy, I'm not going to lie, I will enjoy the Saturday sitting with Humph, watching these games and, you know, talking about and being able to just chill out. Hey, and we get to we get to enjoy the hell out of NFL too. You know, we talked about maybe going to the uh, Texans Packers game. I know that's a big deal for you. You're you're a cheesehead. I'd love to experience that with you. I'm hoping to get to some Cowboys games and watch the 2020 MVP Dak Prescott sling the ball around. Oh my god! Um, but you know, again, you can be negative about anything, uh, but you can also be positive about everything. And so. That was a proverb, wasn't it? I mean, I put that I just, on a t-shirt. I, I put that on a t-shirt. Honestly, <laughs> whenever whenever we get enough followers, we'll we'll drop some some merch. Maybe put that on there. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited. I think the spring, if we do have that, I believe we will. I think it holds a lot of positives. Um, and and you know, we're just gonna keep working. Uh, Parker, coach Coach Whiteman, uh, he's got us working in the weight room. You know, we've been throwing up some weight, uh, getting faster, bigger, stronger. Uh, and so I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm staying positive for sure. So next week we are going to finally talk. We're going to talk about the games that we talked about, uh, NCAA and then NFL's finally starting. We got some big games for NCAA and NFL. We're going to cover everything. One last thing, Humph, have you been watching the Cowboys training camp? And what do you think about your boys right now? Man, I've been keeping up with it uh, pretty extensively, um, and and I, I like I like what I see. Uh, you know, the offense has definitely been no surprise. Everyone knows that the firepower is there. Ceedee Lamb is apparently is tearing it up. You know, you still got Gallup, you still got Amari Cooper. You've got one of the best running backs in the league, Ezekiel Elliott. Um, Dak Prescott, I, you know, in videos I've seen him. He looks bigger. He looks he looks more cut. I, I think. 
I don't know. It looks like he's he's gotten more athletic, uh, and I think he's primed for a big year. You know, he's he's on a contract year again. Uh, I think he proved it last year that he deserved a contract. Wasn't able to work that out, playing on the franchise tag. So he's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder, and I don't I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. As for the defense, uh, you know, some great offseason acquisitions. Uh, Joe McCoy, we did lose him. He's out for the year. That was a big loss, but we were able to pick up Everson Griffin, who is a stud. Apparently, Alden Smith, the uh, the bounce back guy, he kind of got in some some trouble. Apparently, he has been the most impressive defensive player in camp, and so that definitely excites me. Great linebacker core, you know. DBs, eh? We'll see. I like Ha Ha Clinton Dix. Maybe we sign Earl Thomas. I don't know. I know he wants to be a Dallas Cowboy, but probably some complications there that we don't know about. But man, I, I'm excited nonetheless. I'm, I'm ready, really ready to watch some Cowboy football. How about your Packers? Yeah, Packers look really good. Uh, unfortunately for everybody in the NFC, Aaron Rodgers has looked better now than he has in a long time. He said he went back and watched some film in 2010 when we won the Super Bowl. He figured out some stuff he's been missing, and he's back. He's hungry, and he's mad because everybody be hating on Aaron Rodgers, saying he, he still don't got it. He still got it, and he's about to show it. He just wants a good year so that whatever team he when goes he retires to, whatever, whatever, whatever team he goes to next year knows what they're getting. Absolutely not. <laughs> A.J. Dillon. Oh, now, let man. me tell you about A.J. Dillon. My man's just got some legs. You Good know, Lord. Mr. Humphreys made fun of me for my Ooh. comparison to Saquon Barkley, and then he goes viral for how big his legs are. A.J. Dillon is a monster, and apparently there was a one practice he ran over two defenders. I'm very excited. I've been so excited to watch him play. It is going to be really fun to see A.J. Dillon. Um, a player on defense, you know, Rashawn Gary, from he played in Michigan, had a really good year in Michigan, and he comes uh, last year, and he didn't play a lot because we had the Smith brothers, the best pass rush duo in the NFL. <laughs> Both were top five in sacks. You don't see that a lot, but he's going to get a lot of playing time. The Packers look really good. Jordan Love, you know, he's learning from behind the GOAT, the literal GOAT. So I think Jordan Love will be ready in five, six years when Aaron Rodgers <laughs> retires as a Packer because he's going I'm nowhere. I'm not even commenting on that. He's going nowhere. Oh, my, my God. boy, Alan Lazard, looks fantastic behind Devontae Adams. And, you know, Alan Lazard, who will have a better year than Michael Gallup. Oh Ride it. Put it down. Oh super hot take. It's going to happen. Minnesota beats them week one. I'll go ahead and give that that's, pick I mean, when we have NFL rid- pick them next week. That's just ridiculous. Dalvin Cook is running all over them. Dude, we had Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson. That's going to be we had Minnesota. one of the best run defenses. Minnesota takes the NFC North. Don't mark that. Write it up. Put it on a put it on a poster. I don't care. We have one of the best run defenses in the ah. NFL. The best pass rush duo. We have two great corners. We have a great safety, great linebacker core. I mean, it's a wrap. That's we fun. have the and, NFC North in lock. And the Packers will will be a playoff team this year, but they will be a wild card. No, no, no. <laughs> Y'all should be worried about wild card or not because the, the Eagles Ooh. are coming. <laughs> the Eagles are coming. But that will be for another episode. Next week we're talking. We're going to get into the groove of everything. It's official. Week one next week. NFL. Big NCAA. Thank you all for listening. This was Walk On Radio.